In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Leadership Beyond Borders, I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org, but we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world, we have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact, globalization, digital transition, the connected world is having on our organizations and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your career. Now, you can listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we're on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you will find us. I also invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you want to hear about on this show. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless of of your business is international or local, join us each week and we'll ensure that you take away something useful for your business or yourself. And today, we certainly have something for you to take away. When we talk about leadership, most of the time we focus on the end results like share prices, profit, and not on the elements that create leadership. And this distracts us from these elements of good leadership. The challenge we face today in this profit-focused world is how do we encourage good leadership practices and how do we recognize talent when we see it? Leadership expert Chris Pierce used an analogy in his Forbes article in 2018 on leadership crisis. He said, if you want to grow a pumpkin, you need four elements, earth, water, sun, and a seed. And during the process of growing that pumpkin, your focus is on those four elements, not the pumpkin. And if done correctly, the result is a great pumpkin. And we can use this analogy when we talk about growing leaders. In today's episode, we're talking with two leadership experts. And I welcome to the show experts Dr. Kimberly Jansen and Dr. Melody Rawlings. And they are the co-authors of the book, Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game. The book aims to close the gap and enable people to understand vital, critical elements of leadership. It brings insights from leadership research, their own research, and a study with 50-plus CEOs. And this makes up the book. Now, Dr. Jansen, Kimberly, the president and CEO of Jansen Associates, a firm dedicated to unleashing people's potential globally. Kim has been on the ground working with leadership teams for over 40, in over 40 countries for more than 25 years. She has hosted successfully and conducted leadership programs in Singapore, China, Malaysia, New Zealand, France, Canada, Holland, Mexico, and all over the world. Dr. Melody Rowlings serves as National University's Director of the Center of Advancement of Virtual Organizations, a global hub for developing and supporting virtual organizations and teams. She is also lead faculty for the PhD in organizational leadership. In addition to teaching graduate courses, she serves as chair of doctoral committees. Through collaboration with support, she also coaches and mentors doctoral students. So welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank Thank you. you. So kind of let's start out with like the really hot question, you know, because when I, you know, um, business magazines and everything, everybody talks about um, leadership crisis. Are we having a leadership crisis? I think we would say hands down, absolutely. 
I think you referenced Chris Pierce's article, Leadership in Crisis. But if you turn on the news, you see example after example of leadership crises in government, uh, religious organizations, schools, and certainly in business. And that's where I spend my time. And I work with more than 300 companies. And not only are the folks at the top of the organization very often not strong enough or what we need, the next couple of layers are very weak in terms of being true leaders. At best, they're mm-hmm. managers. So it's mm-hmm. a compounding problem. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks, thank you, Kimberly. Uh, Melody, I just is this new? Is it like the last couple of years, or um, you know, when did we kind of see this crisis coming, or did, did it just kind of come upon us? You know, historically, we've seen many examples of great leaders who have exhibited the qualities we call excellent. And of course, we have great leaders today as well. But there's just too many examples of people in leadership roles who simply should not be there. We can all Mm -hmm. think of an example, and likely we can all think of several examples. Uh, (laughs) We just seem to be surrounded by incompetent, self-centered, underskilled people in leadership roles. But, you know, and bad leaders, as as Kimberly um, pointed out, bad leaders affect our lives in about every area, from business, education, government, religion, sports, and within our communities. Yeah. And, you know, very often, I mean, it's it's interesting that you both are recognizing that is that it's not, you know, it's not just business because a lot of people think business, but uh, maybe government also. But, um, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, nonprofit organizations, religious organization. I mean, this is is this uh, Kimberly back to you. This is really across the whole spectrum then. Yeah, and to your earlier question about how long, there have been several centuries of work done on thinking about how to be a great leader. And there's been a number of different theories on how to get there. I don't think it's a complicated issue. I think that we've been trying to solve for it incorrectly almost after the fact, you know, but mm-hmm. don't, you know, it's hard to close the barn door after the horse has left the barn. And, <laughs> I think that's a little bit of a dynamic that we've found ourselves in. And in reality, there's more root cause issues in terms of why we have so many poor leaders in place. Well, well I guess that would be my question. Um, you know, what what are those root cause? I mean, um, I know you've done a lot of research. Um, can you kind of enlighten us a little bit of why this is happening? Yeah, there's a, there's a number of reasons. So <clears throat> I would say that the biggest uh, root cause is that people are not clear on what the criteria should be in terms of what they should use to select leaders. They often rely on performance, and performance is not an indicator of potential. They often rely on relationships and that's not necessarily an indicator of potential. Very often there's incredible variation across the organization. So if everybody's looking for a different thing, how do you build a strong pipeline of leaders? There's lack of accountability. There's lack of knowledge in this space. There's um, lack of use of assessments. So people don't have a robust picture of who they're looking at and how to think about them. Very often people are just too busy. You know, they're too busy Mm -hmm. being an individual contributor with a manager title. They're not thinking strategically about where the company is going and then translating that down to what we need in the future. They're also uneducated on what's fixable and not fixable in a person. And then lastly, I think another driver is there's a lot of pressure to fill an open position whether it's mm-hmm. internally or externally. So this, uh, are, these are all forcing functions that creates really, honestly, bad behavior that result in the choice of people who shouldn't be in the job. Mm-hmm. And um, there's one there's one point you said, Kimberly, and uh, maybe uh, Melody, you can enlighten, you can give us a little more info on it. You said uh, people look at performance, okay, uh, as a key criteria for leadership potential. Why is performance not a key criteria for leadership prefen- pre- um, potential? 
Well, while past performance and functional excellence are good for consideration uh, for future mm-hmm. roles, past performance is not a predictor of future potential success. Mm-hmm. The work is similar. So while someone may have deep functional expertise, it does not translate to great leadership. They're entirely different skills. And as Kim and I have dis- dis- discussed, uh, just because you can uh, speak fluent Spanish on Friday doesn't mean you can speak Arabic on Monday because you received a title change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so past performance is a key component of the overall talent, talent management approach, but it's only the key to enter the conversation about whether someone is of high potential. Um, the person's intelligence, personality, motivational level, and learning agility are the true indicators, which we'll get into more. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. because a person performs well in one role doesn't doesn't mean they would perform well in a leadership role. Okay, and and actually, Kim, you said something um, that really kind of just jumped at me because I think about it all the time when I'm talking to people, looking at people promoting others, and you said individual contribution does individual contributors versus leadership. So a lot of time people mix up somebody who's a really good individual contributor for a leader. Could you talk on that a little bit? Yeah, I think the research would refer to that as the halo effect. You know, you feel good about them in certain dimensions, and then it's easy to then triangulate that over to a new opportunity. They were such a good salesperson. They must know so much about sales Therefore, they would be a great sales leader. An individual contributor has a very specific set of things that they think about. Functional excellence is paramount. Executing flawlessly is paramount. But the Leadership Pipeline, a really great book, will remind you that at each level of leadership, three things have to change. What you value So you can't value your endorphin high of checking off the list. Mm -hmm. You need to value other people being successful. Where you spend your time, it's not on task. It's about enabling others to be successful. And then your skill set. So it's not Mm -hmm. about selling. It's about coaching the sales function or coaching the coach. And so that's almost a secret. People Mm -hmm. do not understand that. And so what do they do? They go back to what they know. And then they continue to try to provide value, but in reality, they're an overpaid individual contributor and people aren't assuming the really critical components of the manager role in that case. Mm-hmm. And can I ask you another question kind of goes with this, um, but right before the break, um, you, there seems to be kind of this this tag on individual contributor um, that everybody kind of values. Well, I want to be a leader, and and when when uh, a manager or, or a director, executive says to somebody coming up the ranks, "Well, you're a great individual contributor, but I don't see you as a leader." It, it, people, many people that I've talked to, take that the wrong way. Has there been like kind of a have we not made enough of how important individual contributors are? I, I think that's put well, Kimberly. Not only have we not made more of that, but we don't celebrate it in terms of financial opportunity. Mm-hmm. We don't continue to invest in them like we do maybe others. Uh, the pressure to grow is often on the leadership track. So we do send a bunch of mixed messages. And to have someone who is so brilliant in their space that they are the expert and they bring such a differential to the organization because of that, why wouldn't we celebrate it? But there's just a lot of organizational dynamics that push the leadership track and we haven't done enough due diligence to make that other pro in position track much more attractive. Yeah. Now, I, that just came up because I had a conversation with a friend the other day who just said, um, I'm crying because my boss says I'm a good individual contributor but not a leader. But I think you just put it right. We don't celebrate it enough. Um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about why companies um, struggle to pick good leaders and what is you some of the top 10 reasons people struggle to pick these good leaders. So for our listeners, our guests today are Dr. Kimberly Jansen and Dr. 
Melody Rollings, and they are the co-authors of the book Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game, a fantastic book. Um, it's available on Amazon, and the book presents insights from a thought leader research, their research, and a study with 50-plus CEOs, um, which are kind of quoted throughout the book. Now, Dr. Jansen is the president and CEO of Jansen Associates, a firm dedicated to unleashing people's potential globally. And Kim has been on the ground working with leadership teams for over in over 40 countries for more than 25 years. And Dr. Melody Rowlings serves as a national university's director of the Center for Advanced uh, virtual organizations, and it's a global hub for development and support of virtual organizations and teams. And she's also the lead faculty for the PhD organizational leadership. Now you can reach Kim at Jansen Associates on Facebook and Instagram, and under Kimberly Jansen on LinkedIn. And you can reach out to Melody under Melody Rollings on LinkedIn, and also on Determining Leadership Potential so please reach out to these ladies and this show is being brought to you Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's largest nonprofit digital associations and they hold conferences they do training in digital and you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org and with that we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Challenges in the workplace and within teams are only increasing as companies struggle to transition to a post-COVID-19 remote work situation. These unstable times have stretched companies and their leaders beyond their capacity, and they do not know how to maintain a balance of authority, empathy, compassion, and assertiveness toward their coworkers, much less continue their own career trajectory. Leading with Intention with Monique Dagneau offers support, encouragement, and tools to help corporate leaders address their personal shortcomings and emerge from these unprecedented times as well-rounded, self-assured leaders. Leading with Intention, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com now back to this week's program welcome back to leadership beyond borders i'm kimberly lewis your host and our guests today are dr kimberly jansen and dr melody rollings and they are the co-authors of determining leadership potential powerful insights to winning at the talent game and the book is available online it's available on amazon and it's a great read and the book brings insights from thought leader research from their own research and a study with 50 or more ceos now dr jansen is the president and ceo of jansen associates a firm dedicated to unleashing people's potential globally and she has been working on the ground with leadership teams in over 40 countries for 25 years and Dr. Rollings serves as National University's Director of the Center for Advancement of Virtual Organizations, a global hub for development and support of virtual organizations and teams. And she's also the lead faculty for the PhD in organizational leadership. So welcome back. So we kind of we, we kind of talked about the crisis we're in, okay? And we talked a little bit before the break about, you know, some of the reasons why getting us the right leaders we need. But let's let's 
let's talk about what is the right leader, okay? Um, are there really, you know, what are some of the, the raw ingredients shared by high potential leaders? And uh, whoever wants to start, go ahead. I'll take that one. So leaders should be looking for uh, four raw ingredients we refer to in our book as IMPL or intelligence, motivation, personality, and learning agility. These four are based on the leadership blueprint and necessary ingredients to work with in order to develop and produce high-functioning leaders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let, let's talk about um, for a minute learning. Okay, uh, because that's something that that uh, yeah, I just did a, a, um, a, a talk with somebody on on leaders who read fiction uh, as kind of a learning process and it was really interesting to me and you know I've seen leaders who who do want to learn and I've seen leaders that just say well I know everything um what when you look at how much somebody puts into wanting to learn how do you measure that well for me it's Mm non-negotiable that a leader has a high learning agility because we exist in a very dynamic environment. Business is changing, the, the markets are changing, your customers changing. So we need folks who have an ongoing infusion of ideas and thinking to then try different ways of operating to be successful. Mm-hmm. So one of the, uh, a number of me- ways you can measure how often are they putting themselves in different situations that are new and challenging? What are they reading? Are they reading? Reading is one of the biggest predictors of executive success in my experience. Are they asking you for iterative input when they're working on something? Are they explicit and overt about their commitment to learning and attribute it to a key component to their success. So there's a number of you know very subtle or very direct ways to see what someone's learning agility is. And oh, by the way, there are some assessments as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that 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 seems to make a lot of sense. So let me let me jump onto the hard one. Okay, personality. Okay, um, what kind of personality? is associated with good leadership. To me, that's kind of like a hot question. How, how do you assess personality and leadership? You want to start with that one, Melody, and I'll, I'll finish it? Oh, sure. So Kim and I are not advocating for one personality types because mm-hmm. many types make for good leaders. Uh, but the point that we want to make is there should be no derailing personality types, such as uh, someone being extremely self-focused because we can't fix someone with derailing personality traits. So it's important to avoid putting someone in a leadership role in the first place who has traits that are counter to leadership effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you said that when we were talking about it, said things that we cannot fix. So what what in a personality derailing, you know, self-centered would be one? What would be some other ones that might be kind of indications that that maybe they're not quietly suited for a leadership position? Someone who has an extremely low risk tolerance, Mm -hmm. someone who is a painful introvert. You can be an introvert, but by definition, leaders have followers and you need to be able to reach out to those and communicate well to them. And if you're an introvert, you're going to have to flex and expend a lot of energy to be successful, but you can do it. If you are a painful introvert and you refuse to do it, uh, that's water from a stone. Mm-hmm. Another one is extreme negativity or someone who has very, very caustic behavior. So think of the folks that you've come in contact with and, and people around the organization say, say things like, why is that person still in that role? How can they be a leader, (laughs) right? You've heard it. And the the reality is people don't lose their job for technical competence, lack of it. They lose it because of different interpersonal dynamics and personality. Mm. So we need to be more embracing of this because to your point, it's a little bit taboo, but we need to be better at making it part of the conversation. And I I think the way you formed it is really perfectly because you know when you say personality um 
uh, you know, a lot of people think, well, does the leader have to be an extrovert? Um, uh, you know, but leaders come in all shapes and sizes as long as they don't have those, you know, derailing, um, you know, habits that might interfere in the leadership. So looking at that, let's come to the other two, um, motivation and intelligence. Um, motivation to me seems kind of simple. I mean, why would you be in a leadership position if you're not motivated? But maybe I'm just thinking it goes together. Um, Melody, do you have any comments on that? Oh, sure. So when we think of, um, you know, we've all, well, I should say we've, we've heard leaders, likely we've heard leaders say, you know, he's great in such and such a role or area. If I could only get him motivated, well, mm-hmm. give it up right there. It isn't yep. up to leaders to motivate others, you know, and as leaders, um, as leaders, a person can be inspired, but the choice a person makes on how they show up, where they show up, and for what reason they show up is based on their motivation, and and people have to choose their level of motivation. So uh, we would say it's important to hire people with a big motivated engine because, you know, they have to bring that to the vital role of being a leader. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of, you set an example when you're motivated, don't you? I mean, as you said, you kind of inspire others to, to follow you. And um, I think that would, you know, that sounds like that's quite important. I think you talk a little bit about that in your book. Um, Intelligence, the last one. Um, You know, it's kind of like, to me, well, it's not always the keen sense of the obvious because we've seen a lot of leaders that you say, how did they get there? How how do you talk, you know, when you measure or you look at intelligence, what do you think about, Kim? Well, I just remember back to some of the studies we've done in this space. And when we asked the open-ended question, what criteria do you use? Less than 10% of the folks would say intelligence. So you Mm -hmm. think it's obvious, but it's not. And when we asked them directly, they would say, yeah, I I guess you're right. Yeah, I I would use intelligence. And then they would say it's very important. But what we find in a lot of leaders is that they actually don't have the mental capability to handle more complexity. Because when you go up in an organization, scope, scale, complexity should continue to become bigger. And so you, you, we go back to that example of that individual contributor who did a one-trick pony really well, but in reality, they don't have the resources intellectually to handle that complexity. And one thing to consider is intelligence is fixed as much as we like the person Mm -hmm. we can't make them smarter personality is fixed typically Mm -hmm. unless there's some significant negative derailing intervention in their life personality is fixed if you are born extremely detail-oriented you're not going to lose it however motivation and learning agility the people choose that for themselves and that's melody's point about you know you managers can't change that and so that's why you have to hire for that. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the, the to the hundred dollar question: training. So we have we have intelligence is fixed, personality is fixed. You know, we we put so much into leadership training. Um, are we wasting our time doing that, or are we, you know, not focusing on the right things doing it? Because obviously, if we're having a crisis, it's not helping. So how can we do that better? So in answer to your question, are we wasting our time? It's yes and no. Mm -hmm. We're wasting our time because very often we have the wrong people in the room. Uh However, we're not wasting our time when we do have the right people. Because when you have those foundational building blocks of intelligence, the right personality in terms of no significant derailers, high learning agility, high motivation, then we can basically teach people anything. Now, the crime is that the uh, leadership development industry is a $366 billion industry each year around the world. Mm. And so we're wasting a ton of money because we haven't put enough in helping people really understand how to identify great leaders. Mm -hmm. Okay. Melody, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I totally agree with Kim. Uh, we see this um, 
you know, an overall concern about leaders in the pipeline is just that many of them do not have the same level of potential. We also see this at the university uh, level leadership programs among students. There's just different levels of potential. And as Kim um, pointed out, it, it's where it's spent, who it's targeted at. So when it's targeted at the right people, it's absolutely uh, critical. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with that, I, what I would like to talk about, you know, how do we find these right, right, right people? Um, how do we find, you know, the talent pool of leaders that, I mean, they have to be out there someplace. Um, and we talked about what what are we doing wrong? And and I'd also like to hear a little bit more about your research and what, what are CEOs saying about this crisis? But we're going to we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll we'll tackle some of these questions. And for our listeners, we are talking today with Dr. Kimberly Jansen and Dr. Melody Rawlings, the authors and the authors of Determining Leadership Potential: Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game. And the book has some uh, the content we've been talking about. It has the content we've been talking about, and also has insights on some leader research and their own research and a, and a lot of insights from 50 CEOs, which we're going to talk about after the break. And Dr. Kimberly Jansen is the president and CEO of Jansen Associates, a firm dedicated to unleashing people's potential globally. Kim has been on the ground working with leadership teams in over 40 countries for more than 25 years. And Dr. Melody Rawlings serves as the National University's Director of the Center of the Advancement of Virtual Organizations, a global hub for development and support of virtual organizations and teams. And she is also the lead faculty for the PhD program in organizational leadership. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Kim, you can reach out to her on Jansen Associates on Facebook and Instagram and on LinkedIn under Kimberly-Jansen 8417B3A. And for Melody, she's also on LinkedIn under Melody Rollings BB7A1A13. And you can also go to the website Jansen Associates and DeterminingLeadershipPotential.com, and you can reach out to both women there. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. And they also have conferences. Their next conference will be held in October 22nd to 24th in Porto, Portugal. And they also have an e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups. And it's free to entrepreneurs and startups around the world. And it brings startups and entrepreneurs from idea to exit. So to access that platform, you can go to www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with The Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
the business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with two leadership experts, Dr. Kimberly Jansen and Dr. Melody Rawlings. And they are the co-authors of the book, Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights to the Winning at the Talent Game. And this book is available on Amazon and it's a great read. Now, I want to I, I want to just ask one question. Um that we have, we're talking about this kind of blueprint of intelligence, motivation, personality, and learning uh, before the break, and we're we've changed. Okay, um, you've this book is very recent. You've done your research, and we have this virtual world. Are these four elements this blueprint? Does this matter if you're in a virtual environment or in person environment? Um, and what's the difference when you, you know, do you need anything extra when you're working in this virtual environment? And I'll put that to Melody, who's working with um, virtual organizations. Well, much of it uh, applies in both environments, of course. It's, it's, um, it's the same. But in the virtual environment, leaders have to be more intentional about uh, building trust. It's harder to build trust in the virtual environment. Mm-hmm. Because we're lacking the face-to-face interaction that we have in the physical environment, whether it's uh, formal meetings or whether it's just, uh, as we talk about, the uh, water fountain uh, chat or passing just passing someone in the hallway or what have you. But it is important uh, that leaders be more intentional about building the trust, which also um, leads to the culture. So mm-hmm. more intentional about how they're building culture and really listening to remote workers and not only listening to what they are or what they, or what they are saying, but also listening to what may not be, be said. So people who normally are maybe very outgoing and talkative and, inter- and engaged, uh, if they become quiet maybe and not as engaged, then maybe that's a potential for something, there's a problem. So it's, leaders have to be just much more intentional about different things. But, uh, but the principles uh, still apply both uh, to the physical and virtual environment. Mm-hmm. Kim, do you have any comment on that? I, I think that people complicate this idea Mm-hmm. And what I believe it does is it simply exposes the lack of competence that mm-hmm. they actually have when they're face to face, but you can hide it better. And you need to do the fundamentals of managing and leading well to be able to do it virtually. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a new issue. I don't think it's any secret sauce when folks are virtual. I think it's doubling down and getting brilliant on the things that work when you actually are in pers- person, but being much more intentional about them. Mm-hmm. Great. And do you think it? You know, do you think the leaders kind of need their antennas up a little bit more? As as Melody said, you it's hard to watch uh, expressions, facial impressions on on you know, Zoom or, or Teams or something. So has, does there have to be like a little bit more EI there someplace? Yeah, I mean, the sense you get of folks comes from a lot of nonverbal behaviors for sure. Mm. But just even in this phone call, you know, we can tell how you're thinking about something based on your breath pattern and the tone of voice. And what leaders don't do is they don't address those things. Mm-hmm. Hold on, time out. Tell, tell me about that shift. You seem to, I'm getting a sense of uh, maybe that's a little bit of a tough idea for you. Am I wrong? Are you okay with it? Leaders aren't honing those skills enough and having the courage to act on the things that are impressions or their intuition is telling them. So mm-hmm. it's totally doable. I think we just got to be a little sharper. 
and maybe maybe we're getting better at it. I think we're probably a little bit better at it than we were two years ago or three years ago. But you're you're right; it needs a lot more attention. And and let's talk about this talent, okay? Because that's you talk about in your book, and you know, winning at the talent game. Um, I think I think it was you, Kim, said you know even at the university, uh, you have all kinds of levels of talent. Um, we have this blueprint that's some of it's innate, okay, the the intelligence and, and personality are fixed, um, you know, and people are more picky today, especially the next generation Z coming up um, on what kind of jobs they want. How, how are we going to get through this and try to find better leaders and get better leaders in the right place? How do we win at this talent game? Melody, you want to take that one or you want me to? Why don't you go ahead and take that one if you would? Okay. I think that the talk around this generation is the same talk that has happened around every generation. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> right? It's, I mean, think about the boomers with Gen X. Oh, my goodness. How can you do that? You're not doing it the way <laughs> we did, right? So I think we just have amnesia yeah. when we have a new generation. However, I think that if leaders know what to look for, they can look early in the recruiting process or in their talent planning processes, which they need to have, and identify folks who have these core attributes and then systematically put them in places over time to develop experience, which turns into judgment. And Mm -hmm. the gap, in my opinion, is that we don't have folks who are making these decisions, especially early enough in the pipeline, equipped to really evaluate folks on these four fundamental pieces. That's where I think the gap is. But they're all over the place. They're, it's having the courage to take um, your point of view about these things and put your money where your mouth is and start to make some bets on folks who don't have deep accounting expertise because they've done the same job for 20 years. Let's take someone who's got lots of these four elements, depth in these four elements, and give them 20 different experiences. That's how we build great leaders. So I'm going to jump on something you said, because this is kind of like a little pet peeve of mine, okay? Um, you said they're not. we don't have the people early in the pipeline. You know, today we have so much... Uh, AI on finding positions. Okay, if you're if you're going online, if you're don't have the right keywords, um, do you think that early in this pipeline we've lost some of that personal touch that actually can help us know if maybe there's motivation there or if maybe there's the the basis for for learning and the personality because everything is so automated. Um, you know, you can go to Indeed, you can go to LinkedIn, you can go to StepStone, you have a thousand different, you know, people applying for jobs. Um, and then even within the company, you know, a lot of time it's applying in large companies applying within and you never really see the person. Do you think we have to bring more personal interview and, and touch back into this? I think it would certainly help a little bit, but these folks will get noticed regardless of where they are. They're uh-huh. going to get okay. a job. They're going to mm-hmm. get a job. It may not be the most direct route to the job that they want, but these folks will distinguish themselves. Mm-hmm. And by putting up points beyond just the things they're responsible for and demonstrating their thinking process and being someone that people want to be around and having lots of energy and motivation to uh, have the initiative to create new things, those people are sought after. You, you, mm-hmm. They make a brand for themselves quite quickly. So whether they land in organization A or B, those folks will be known. And then once they start to put some points on the board, then those are going to be even more known. That stuff translates to resumes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. However... If you do have assessment information and firsthand input, certainly that would accelerate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. I always think about that when I 
uh, not that I am applying for jobs, but when I see all these people I know applying for jobs. Um, but let me last, we're getting towards the end, but I really, Melody, I just want to see, you You both did a lot of research and talked to a lot of CEOs. Um, what, is there any general feeling or theme that came across all these interviews that you could share with us? Well, the variation that exists in how people think about determining leadership potential is just shocking. So most mm-hmm. organizations, a few, but but not most, have no clear framework or criteria for that matter to follow in determining leadership potential. And that, that creates gaps at uh, each layer of the organization, uh, and it can cause too much variety in the pipeline or even result in no pipeline of talent at all. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the incompetence of, of leader selection. So leaders are often ineffective at selecting other leaders, but but they often think that they are good at selecting uh, other <laughs> leaders. And then also the lack of using tools such as assessments or inadequately training uh, or inadequately trained in using those tools or assessments. Kim, do you mm-hmm. have more to add to that? Yeah, I would also say some of the conversation starts with the criteria that we're use- that they're using. And what we found was more than the other research studies we did, this group advocated for this in that broad question, and then uh, more more than anybody else. And then when we asked directly, we had almost a hundred percent yes on that. Mm-hmm. But how they're not calling it intelligence; they're calling it. I need that person to be very analytical. I need that person mm-hmm. to be very strategic. They're not calling it personality. They're saying this person has to be someone people want to work with. You know, they have to create followership. They have to have emotional intelligence. For motivation, they say, I need someone who has lots of initiative and energy. And then for learning agility, I want people who are curious, who want to learn, and they want to change. So what I would say is maybe if those are better words for folks, then use that language, but make sure that they are looking for specifically those things. What we also found in terms of what CEOs are saying, as a result of the conversations with them, they said, wow, I've got too much variation in this organization. I gotta get on that. Or wow, I, I don't know anything about assessments. I have to be better at that, et cetera. So I, I think there's a lot to learn based on what they shared. Yeah. Well, I think that's in your book. And uh, for our listeners, please get the book. It's it's really insightful. So we're, we're at the end now. So we have a lot of leaders that, that listen to this show from all over the world. So kind of a, a wrap up advice. And, and Melody, I'll start with you for our leaders. Um, what would you recommend to kind of win this talent game going forward? I would say take the work of determining leadership potential more seriously, Um, get better by networking with others uh, on ideas, Uh, invest time into creating a framework or or use a framework within your organization in order to establish the criteria. That way you have consistency within all levels of the organization and, you know, find those outside your organization to be a mentor or or get a coach that can Mm -hmm. really make a big difference in helping you get better. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. And Kim, some some closing advice to the leaders out there on on uh, winning winning this uh, talent war out there, the talent game. Yeah, I would say this isn't hard work, but it's specific work. Mm-hmm. So I would number one say get informed, really immerse yourself in the points of view and look at companies who have been successful. Number two there's got to be some accountability for this, you know, whether it's putting the wrong leader in place. And I mean, the cost that it entails to take them out and the impact they have, or whether you hold your leaders accountable for having a process that is joined up with the rest of the organization, et cetera. But we need some accountability to turn this thing around. And then the third thing is you got to make tough decisions. It's not the decision you want because you may love the performance of someone or love, you know, relationship with someone, but you've got to do the right thing for the organization. And I would act as if your job depends on it because frankly, it does. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, finding talent. Well, thank you. I mean, really, really insightful. Great book. And for our listeners, again, we've been we've been talking today with Dr. Kimberly Jansen and Dr. Melody Rawlings, and they are the co-authors of Determining Leadership Potential: Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game. And the book aims to close the gap and enable people to understand the vital criteria necessary to determine leadership potential. We talk talked about those some of those today and they also have some some great insights from in, interviews with CEOs and their own market research in the book and Dr. Jansen is the president and CEO of Jansen Associates a firm dedicated to unleashing people's potential globally and she's been on the ground working with leadership teams in over 40 countries for 25 years and uh, Dr. Melody Rawlings serves as National University's Director of, of the Center for Advancement of Virtual Organizations, a global hub for developing and supporting virtual organizations and teams. And she's also the lead faculty for the PhD in organizational leadership. And in addition to teaching graduate courses, she serves as a chair of doctoral committees. So thank you so much. And for our listeners, if you want to reach out, please go to Jansen Associates on Facebook and Instagram. Kimberly Jansen is on LinkedIn and Melody Rawlings is also on LinkedIn and their websites are jansenassociates.com and determiningleadershippotential.com and they'd love to hear from you. And you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders and this broadcast is brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research and legislative white papers focus on digital. They also have conferences and the next conference is held October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. And they also have an e-learning platform and the e-learning platform is for entrepreneurs and startups and it is free and it helps startups and entrepreneurs go from idea to exit and also gives you some of the lot of supporting material you need so to access that please go to www.cinda.org and go to cinda for startups and please listen to us we are live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Spotify. We're just all over the web. All you have to do is put in Leadership Beyond Borders and find us. Or you can go to Leadership Beyond Borders or to the Voice America station. So with that, thank you again, ladies. Really insightful Um Listeners, do look up the book, Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game. And thank you, Melody and Kim, for joining us today. It was our pleasure. Okay. All right, and everybody, tune in again next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.